Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Hey, so we are live. Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. I'm delighted to say we're on episode number 35. Uh, and this today we are joined by, well, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know Instagram and you haven't seen this guy, I was actually recommended to him to buy another guest to the podcast, uh, Faisal, Mr. PMA. So I'd love to welcome Dieran Cartel to the park, uh, podcast. Did I, I got your pronunciation right there, Dieran? Did I? How's my pronunciation? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I love, I love, your, I love your accent, the way you say it, man. It makes it cooler. <laughs> uh, so if you don't know Darren, uh, me coach Darren Cartel, he's a London-based personal trainer. Now, I think that kind of undersells him because he's online coaching, which we're going to get into and talk a lot about. He's got a massive online uh, presence um, and he trains uh, clients and he's the creator of Need Up 24-7. Have I got all that correct? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a good intro, bro. It made me sound important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big thanks for jumping on, man. How are you doing? Yeah, good, man. Busy, like you could... I know we we had this plan for I think two weeks ago, but um, it's things are busy right like it's crazy right now. It's like I'm so unorganized as well. Like I'm unorganized, but I get stuff done. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, but it's it's try it's hard trying to juggle things. But I don't want to miss out on opportunities because. I want to get my message across, but other than that, I'm very good. Thank you for having me. I'm awesome. I'm here. loving the energy so far. Um, so, Darren, just what I try and do at most of the guests, if we we're to go back, maybe growing up, a little bit of your background and childhood and just talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, okay. So, growing up, family, mom and dad are Kurdish uh, Kurds in Turkey that were political refugees, came over, seeked asylum to the UK. My mum, my dad and my sister. I was the only one born in London, Tottenham, in North London. Um, I'm pretty sure, thanks to me, they got a British passport because I was born here. So I think that helped them with the process. Um, they moved to Tottenham uh, to like a council flat, which is where like the, gov the government either put like the Turks in North London, the Africans in East London, the Jamaicans in uh, West London or whatever. So they moved there. After that, they moved to East London. I was born... I was born in North London, moved to East London and ended up going to school in East London in Custom House near the Excel Centre. I don't know, that's how people usually know. Um, and then went to college in Hackney, studied sports, uh, studied my sports diploma, BTEC level two, played football my life all the way up to age 25. And now I, I don't hate it, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where you... Um, you do it so much and then when you kind of don't make it it's like the interest is gone a little bit but while that was happening obviously the fitness and the personal training side was a big passion of mine but the weird bit is I was concentrating on football so much and I had such a dedication trying to make it as a football player I didn't actually realize I was actually pretty good at PTing <laughs> and I, it was one of those things where oh you can do other things like it's kind of that sunk cost fallacy where you just go for that one goal, you know, which was a mistake. And I kind of realized that at 25, kind of regret not starting an online thing when I was in my earlier 20s. But I think everything happens for a reason. And yeah, like that, really. I mean, you could keep asking me questions about any of those things if you want to know more detail, if you like. 
And Darren, their passion for football or soccer, like, was that from your father or family thing or was that from London? Uh, dad, man, dad's a fanatic football fan. Like, my dad is the kind of football fan where you can't walk across in front of the TV when the game's on, you know? So, like, he's a, like, he'll fly out to Turkey to watch his, to watch his team. And the team, the team, he's, Favorite team, Besiktas, and my favorite team is the team I actually played for in Turkey for a year uh, with under 18s when I first got uh, like a scholarship there for a year, but I wasn't good enough. And he's, he kind of, I want to say he pressured me to football. I guess just like every, what every father does is they kind of want their son to be like them, right? Follow their dream sort of thing, as well as mine. But I just feel like, I shouldn't have pushed it so much with football, man. I should have just let go. But all the football uh, ideology comes from my dad, like straight up from my dad. Yeah. And Darren, just on that, was there an age where like you knew you were at a really good level or did you get trials or were people looking at you and you're, you were getting offered scholarships? I was, I was like a, I was the kid that didn't get that attention when I was younger. So I was, I was surrounded by, um, East, I was surrounded by, athletic African freaks. I'm talking about like, like the poor lemurs. All my friends are like poor lemurs, you know? And they're just like genetically unbelievable, man. And I, I was, and I was a chubby kid. Like technically I was okay, but I wasn't, I wasn't enough to stand out. I wasn't physically fit enough to stand out. You either stand out physically or you stand out technically. And I didn't have either or. I was just stubborn and the thing I'm probably best at is being consistent with what I'm doing even now today. So I actually got a professional contract at the age of 25, 24, 25, 20, 25 in Australia, wow. tore my plantar fascia, and then they terminated my contract. But I had a goal of signing a professional contract and I did it. And then I was like, I'm done. Fuck this. <laughs> you yeah. were in Australia and that happened. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I went to Australia. My, my ex is Australian. And she, I was like, when all this Australia talk, uh, my first went there when I was 17 years old, you know, and um, hence why I've got, when everyone asked, doing, how are you getting to Australia? I've got, I've got a visa. I've got full residency there because I spent so much time there. And um, I thought, you know what? Football isn't the biggest sport in Australia. Surely it's easier to become a professional footballer here. So I attempted that, but really I was kidding myself, you know. I got the pro contract, but it was, it sounds mad, but a lot of footballers, they make a lot of money, but a lot of them are fucking sad with, like, they've got no social life. They've got, a lot of them have no friends. Like, I know it sounds a bit mad, but I'm kind of not becoming a footballer. That's probably the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. And Darren, at that stage when you're like, you got your professional contract before that, were you like working jobs or working in fitness or? Yeah. 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 So, so my first job was um, when I was younger, I used to help my dad out. Like he had a restaurant in Chapel Market. I used to help him out, but I used to hate it. I used to hate doing work with my dad. Absolutely hate it. Right. Because Turks, Kurds, they're just hustlers. Right. There's no, there's no systematic way to work. There isn't like, okay, mate, you're coming at six. Your break is at 12. There is none of that. It's, it's just straight hustle, no system. And I hated it. And I was like, dad, no, you can't do that. You can't like, it used to be like, it used to, uh, create me a crazy headache. But at the time when I was 17, I don't know why 
but I ended up dating a girl that was from Australia, right? So I was like, I need to make some money. I need to go to Australia. I want to see the world and I want to see her, all this bullshit, you know? You know that puppy love when you first fall in love? You're like, fuck, you know? You know, like nothing. You do everything for it, you know? So um, so what I did was uh, end up getting my first proper job, which was at JD Sports, 25% off trainers, Air Force Ones, color code free triple one, bang. I was a guy that was selling trainers on Oxford Street on... Um, at JD Sports. I knew all the color codes. My sales was good. And I loved it. I was just having a good time, you know, just selling trainers, you know. And um, so that was my first proper job. And at the same time, I was at college. I was dating a girl on the other side of the world. I was trying to become a footballer as well. You know, like, it, I was doing so much. And I've always kind of been driven. But I've never been very good at strategizing when I was younger, right? So I ended up doing all sorts, hence why I have like weird knowledge and I'm, I, I can relate to people and people don't even know how I can relate to them, if that makes sense, yeah. you know? But um, yeah, man, I was earning, I don't know, five pound, five pound 60 an hour at JD Sports. And I had such a good relationship with the managers. Um, they used to give me the scanner. Uh, hopefully they don't get in trouble for this. But <laughs> <laughs> fuck them <laughs> anyway so um they used to give me a scanner right and when there is a uh when there's an item at jd sports in the rack needs to be full right on with the clothing if the rack isn't full uh they have to take it up to stockroom when it goes up to stockroom automatically the price drops ridiculously like ridic so if there's one item or two items of that thing in the store you can go from a hundred pound to like 30 quid. Wow. Yeah. So, or, or even from 30 quid to like five quid. Right. So I used to grab the scanner from the manager and I used to, I used to be like, go and have some fun. I used to be like sick. And it wasn't, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but it was just one of those things where you just like, they stay low key so that the business doesn't lose more money. Yeah. And I used to go scan everything, thousands of items in a stock room. I used to scan everything. I used to find anything cheap, anything, five pound, four pounds, 50 pounds. That's dropped from 200 pounds, trainers, boom. And I used to take it to college the next day and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I made loads of extra cash like that, as well as getting EMA. And, so I was hustling differently. <laughs> and Darren, that's kind of side hustle and that kind of burn and entrepreneurial spirit. Was that from your dad or... Like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, you know what? I think I've seen a common pattern with like refugees, right? I've seen this common pattern, which I think um, a lot of the middle class, I'm going to say in the UK, Europe, whatever, middle class or people that are from that country, I don't think they see the opportunities as clear as people that are not from here see, if that makes sense. You know, my dad came, he, but they couldn't speak English, but he ended up. Him and my mum ended up, they've got two properties now. They come from a country where, do you know what I mean? And so, like, they don't even speak the language. Obviously, they've had the help of my sister, which is, she's made a huge impact on our family. Like, my sister used to translate at the age of, like, seven for my family, right? But that didn't stop my mum and dad trying to buy, like, their council house. They bought their first council house. Uh, they worked hard and they tried to buy this, buy that, buy that, you know? And... um it's, I think, I call it like the immigrant hustle. And I feel like I must have had that embedded in me because I saw that from my dad. 
And to be honest, I just enjoy it, man. I think it's a lot of fun trying to figure ways out to solve people's problems. Because I think at the end of the day, if like my Project X is, I think it's a good product because it's solving people's problems. That is it. That's the problem. I'm a problem solver. And I feel like if you want to create a successful business, you need to solve problems. Does that make sense? And I kind of get that off them. Just on that, to pick your brain a little bit on that, would your dad have always like opportunity in everton not look negatively always look at a positive be optimistic oh, mate there's been times bailiff has come to our doors yeah wow. like my like i don't care the thing is i don't hold back man i don't care what anyone thinks like there's been times where bailiff has come to our um come to my door like come to my door right when my family had no money right you know and but my dad was never a uh, like if, for example, and I remember my sister would stress out. My dad would be like, yeah, let's buy that shop. My sister would be like, we, we got no money. My dad would be like, I'll find it. Don't worry. My sister's like, no, she's stressing. Because my dad comes from absolute, absolutely nothing. Like I come from nothing. Everything I've built is myself. But my dad created opportunities for me by coming to England. But he's from a place and my mum is from a place where my mum was a squatter. They squatted somewhere in Istanbul and built a house, you know? So when my dad, um, my dad has that mentality of, I've got nothing to lose anyway. So he's still kind of like that when he has things to lose, <laughs> which is his problem now, <laughs> you know? So like uh, with that sort of stuff, my dad, like, yeah, I'll find it. Like where? And out of nowhere, he'll find it. He'll go ask people for money. He'll go to other church people because he knows someone helps him. Then he's going to help them later on. Uh, community I guess right and he wouldn't stress about it he'll be like don't worry we'll sort it out when the time happens he's like what's the worst that's going to happen you know what is the worst that is going to happen what you're going to go to prison for owning a bit of money you're not we'll find it no problem you know and so I kind of got that mentality off him and um, he just looks at the positive outcomes of most things and I think I've got that attitude from him for sure yeah yeah, it's an awesome mentality to have. And then, Darren, if, if I just jump forward to uh, you getting injured in Australia, is that when you were like, okay, I'm going to go full hog at this fitness and this is me? Or So it first happened, I met James, right? I met James Smith. And when I met James and he had, he wasn't, he had maybe a couple thousand followers on Facebook, maybe three or four max. And I saw what he was doing and I was like, I can do this as me. I was like, I can do this as Darren. Like, and then I started because I was, I was creating, I was doing content on my Instagram. I was doing content on my Facebook, but I had no direction. I didn't know how to even, I didn't know how to monetize. I didn't know what angle to play. You know, I had no idea about a funnel, which was one of the most challenging uh, things for me. Uh, that transition from going uh, from a full-time fully booked PT on the gym floor to going online because face-to-face I could sell anything. I'll sell you a PT. You come into the gym, bro. You'll be my client within the two hours. Like that is, I had no issues with that. I'm dyslexic. Can't spell for shit. I've got two GCSEs and now you're telling me to write emails to make sales. I'm like, you know, so it's, I had to make that transition. Smith inspired me and I was like, I can do this. But he inspired me in the right way, in the sense where I didn't even realize I could make money online because my focus was not at um, 
PT was at football. But then I was like, okay, now that I could be really good at, you know, because he was only doing Facebook lives at the point. I was like, no, I'm going to make videos. So I start posting videos and the transition was like, it, it was, I love the process of it, you know, and I still love the process of it. It was just trying to figure things out. But initially that's how, that's how it all kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. Not from the injury, not from the injury. One thing there, and it's great. I'm dyslexic myself and it's great talking to other dysle uh, dyslexic people that are out happen and making a success of things um so darren just talk to us like if anyone's listening pt and talk to me about that journey how you got fully booked and you were like yeah okay next so basically um i was doing my uh when i was 16 when i was 17 16 when i was doing my btech um level in sport and um btech level sport and human movement or something like that it was called something like that only thing I've got a fucking distinction in my life, mate. But um, I was doing that. I did that in college. And uh, there was a lot of practicals within those sessions. And my tutor at the time, Sonia, um, a beautiful black woman from Hackney, you know, she was like an old school Olympic lifter, you know, and she had like such a cool presence. And I used to, I used to listen to everything she used to tell me. I, I used to respect her so much. Anything she said, I was like, no, Sonia's like, she's like my black auntie, you know? So I used to take it like that, right? And um, she was like, Darren, she goes, you need to do your PT course. I was like, why? She was like, you're very good with people. She's like, you're good with practicals and you pick up coaching cues very quickly. And also, she goes, people trust your face. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? She was like, when you say something, I believe you. And I was like, okay. I was like, and people could learn a lot from that. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. So I did my PT course within the college. I got it for free. Um, I was, uh, I done it. I done it when I was under eighteen. So I got it for under nineteen. So I got it for free. Um, and while I was doing it, it wasn't a short six week one. It was me doing my BTEC um, uh, level in sport, and then one or two hours of the week, we had a schedule where they were coaching us the PT stuff. So I actually got my PT, I got qualified as a PT in, in like six months or four to six months, which is not the usual six weeks that people do now. So I was studying sport, playing sport. And as soon as I got my level two, when I was doing the BTEC, um, I was working as a floor instructor in a gym. So I was around weightlifters, playing like sport at semi-professional level, um, studying at a college, studying PT and executing exercise as well. So I kind of did it slow, but I feel like I did it properly. Like probably the only proper things I ever did, right? So um, that's how I did it. I didn't do it the traditional um, six week course, which PTs can do, but I feel like one of the common mistakes that personal trainers make in um, it, today is, they think as soon as they're qualified, boom, that's it. Oh, I'm an online personal trainer. I'm like, fuck off, man. You can't even like, you can barely do a lap pull down yourself, you know? So earn your stripes before you do that because then people
Hello? Sorry, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I'm back. I'm back. Can, can you hear me? I, I don't. Yeah, all good. Um, so, Darren, then talk to me. Like, when you were in the gym, were you doing all the classes and people start coming to you and you were doing PTs out the door? Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, okay. So, um, basically, my first my first day, my, my first week, Dave, who was my manager, my PT manager at the time, said, um, he was a nice guy. He said, Darren, it's, it, a level two instructor on the gym floor was still minimum wage. So, I was earning under six pounds an hour. Right. So he was like, man, he goes six pound an hour. He goes, just do some PT on the side. I know you're not qualified, but just do your thing. Don't worry. Just charge whatever. Just earn some extra cash because he wanted to keep me there. He was a good guy. He wanted to keep me there. So I was doing a bit of that. I was charging like 15 pounds for a PT session under the radar. So now all the other personal trainers are looking at me, wondering, is this guy PT? And there's me collecting fucking change in the changing rooms, like pound coins for PT. Honestly, I remember a guy giving me pound coins for PT, and I'm thinking, give me that shit, bro. This is easy money. Like, you know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But um, on that first week, he said, Darren, um, I've got a PT session. My manager said, I've got a PT session. Uh, you, uh, I know it's your first week, but the pump instructor didn't didn't turn up today. And I'm like, the fuck? He's like, you're teaching pump today. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm not teaching pump. He's like, yes, you are. But he goes, get ready and get, uh, he goes, you got like half an hour before the class starts. And I was like, the fuck? Like, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll, I'll do it, no problem. So I wrote down all the exercises, um, I wrote down bent over row, bicep curl, overhead press, um, reverse lunges, squat, front squat, all of that stuff. I wrote them out. I made a quick playlist. I went in there and I was just like, all right, guys. And I'm like 19. I'm 19. I'm like, okay, guys, the pump instructor didn't turn up today. And now you got me, which is going to be a way better time than her because she's boring, like a bit of banter. I don't know how they took it, but I, don't, I didn't even care at that point. I was like, Dave, you're not even paying me for this. So I'm doing whatever. But I was like, the difference is I'm not going to be doing the class. I'm going to be coaching. But I was just hyping people up. I ended up doing it. And I just had a, I had a great time. Like, I actually had a great time. So I started doing the classes um, on the gym floor. Not pump classes, but used to do, um, they used to be, that's when functional training became a big thing at Fitness First and stuff. So functional training, abs classes, and then obviously people started to see my face more often. And I used to spend hours in the gym, which is another mistake personal trainers don't do. They get qualified as a personal trainer. They bitch about not having clients, but they don't spend time on the gym floor. I'm like, where are you? Like, I don't get it. You got a gym with what a thousand members, but you're trying to become an online PT to get clients. Are you stupid, me? There's a thousand people there. <laughs> Why don't you just try? I mean, if a thousand people were paying you, you wouldn't know what to do, you know. So um, that was uh, that's how like my first PT experience started. But before that, I was a receptionist in Australia. Actually, I, became, I was a receptionist at a gym for like six months. Yeah. And Darren, did you want to, was your dream always online or was it open a gym or have my own place or just be PT? No, uh, my, my dream was always to create uh, income online because I thought it was cool, but I didn't know how. So hence, when I saw James do it with PT, because I know other people were doing it, but I didn't, I, I, 
it's it's one of those things again i don't read i don't do all that shit when i meet someone i learn from them like i learn more for podcasts than reading a book right so when i met james my brain just went bing and i was like Phew. and then he saw that he could he saw that me and him could have a great time and do things together do you know what i mean and that's how that kicked off but with the online thing when i was in australia my biggest issue was I was in a relationship that I didn't want to be in, right? My family were far away. I had permanent residency. My family didn't know when I was coming back home. I didn't want to live in Australia. I still don't. Like I wouldn't live there full time. I just wouldn't. I'm just a London boy. I love my family. I've traveled a lot and I could travel when I want now other than the pandemic. So I was like, I need to create a way to make money online to be able to see my family when I want. Because the biggest issue is like, I was, as a PT, like self-employed PT, um, I was paying $450 a week, $410 a week rent in Australia. So now I'm on the other side of the world. I want to see my family. A flight to London and back is $2,000, right? And I can't go for a week to London. It takes me a week to just get over jet lag. I go over for a month. I'm paying rent for the month. I'm not earning money for the month and I'm spending money during that month. At the same time, I come to England. My family's not in a great financial situation, so I'm supporting them as well. And at the same time, I'm trying to make some other girl happy for the life that they want. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, man? This is shit, you know, which I think so many people still do, you know. So I had a point where I was like, no, fuck this. I need to be, be selfish. And it happened when... I, uh, when one of my friends, uh, who plays for Fulham at the minute, Michael Hector, he, uh, he said, Dylan, I'm going to fly you to London. Would you train me for a month before preseason? I said, fuck yeah. <laughs> like he's flying me to London. That didn't go ahead. Cause his team was like, nah, we're going to coach you. And he was like, okay, cool. He's like, but use the flight, come see family and let's hang out. I was like, great. Flew over on my own for the first time in years. Like since I've been with, uh, this girl, and I said, at, at this point, I actually asked her to marry me. Dickhead position. Dickhead. Dickhead. What a fucking idiot. It was one of those things. I was like, I did it because I didn't know what else to do. Like, what's the next step? You know, I was, I, I did all that, you know? And I was like, okay, so if this is the last summer on my own, which now thinking about it scares the living shit out of me, right? I was like, I'm going to live it up. So I went to Istanbul on my own, saw my family and my friends there, people that I lived with there. I went to Barcelona on my own, um, stayed in a hostel, uh, met random Spanish girls, met random people. I was partying with people that I didn't know. And I had the time of my fucking life, you know? I was just, and I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just like, I felt free, right? Then I went to Croatia. Smith was in Croatia with rugby boys. Me and, me and him at this point were not close. Okay. Like we knew of each other. I took him for a coffee. We were friends, but we, I wouldn't say we were close. Spent, we spent a week together. Him, Jay, tall white friend, they dragged me onto their boat, right? They're like, no, you're spending a week with us. And I was like, the fuck? I said, rugby lads, man, this is not me. Ah. First time, first time in my life that I drank seven days in a row. Never drank like that in my life, ever, ever. And the mad thing is, I had the time of my fucking life. 
And I was like, I've re, I've, and I've realized I was like, I'm 25 years old now. And this is the first time I've did, done this. 25. And I was like, and it was, and I don't care what anyone thinks, man. I was walking around and girls wanted to hook up with me. And I was like, I've never felt this before. And I was like, I want to feel this. It makes me feel good. You know, I'm young. Like, I don't want to got to live in fucking Australia. What, buy a fucking Volvo and pretend I'm happy. I was like, fuck <laughs> that shit. Fuck that shit. So I was like, went back and I was like, no, nah, I'm changing things. Um, I had a wedding planned. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cut that off. <laughs> and then crazy thing is after that, like my life changed. I started prioritizing myself pushed online um me and james became close we went traveling he had a business idea i introduced him to an it guy they ended up being business partners i ended up being the third guy involved in his academy i was the head coach and then i was like i need to do my own thing which i'm doing now and yeah it it's it was it was the best year of my life it was the worst and the best year of my life that year it was like it was a big growth for me and I, i'm so like grateful for it if i'm being honest yeah Sounds like an amazing journey. And Darren, just on that, I'm sure if people come across you now, they're like, oh, this guy's got it made. And they don't realize probably the hustle and the work and the videos and the constant. Just yeah. talk to us a little bit about like growing that online business and then into uh, need up 24 seven. Okay. So like you said, I think a lot of people think it's easy growing and following. A lot of people think, like, I even get people saying, oh, yeah, James gave you your first plug. It's easy. I'm like, bro, what do you mean? Like, do you know, I get, I don't care because everyone gets their first plug from somewhere. That's how, that's how it happens. You know, James got it from someone in a Joe Wicks Facebook group that saw James and then somewhere else. And then I got it from him and then someone else got it from me. Like all of those things, number one people need to drop their egos with those things because I feel like that's such a big issue with personal trainers is their fucking insecurity and their egos, right? You need to drop that, right? You need to stop caring what people think about you and stopping it and then allowing them to stop you grow from that because that's what stops us from growing, man, you know? So what I did was, um, what I did, what I do and what you have to do is be consistent, post every single day. You have to post every single day, man. You have to create content all the time. There is so much hustle behind the stories, behind the emails, uh, behind all of that, that people don't see. Like, I've come to a place where I'm actually managing people to do work for me, and that's probably harder than anything else. Do you know what I mean? And it's easy to turn around and say to someone, oh, that person's got it easy. But the truth is anyone, anyone that is successful at anything, they must have done something to get to that point, you know? So for the people that think that's easy and for the people that, and I know most people do this, whether, and there'll be people after they listen to this podcast go, yeah, I'm going to post content. Blah, 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 blah. One week later, they stop, you know? And you know what? It might be the fact that you're not about that life and that's okay, you know? But then don't shit on other people, which I think is the biggest, it's excuses, man. Everyone gives excuses. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's the biggest issue, yeah. And Darren, one thing I, I noticed, well, especially when I was um, doing my fitness qualifications, <laughs> uh, over here, a lot of people hate on each other, 
especially like they don't want to see other people doing well. And I don't know if that's a culture thing, but I, I suppose, is it all positive on social media or is there negative or how do you deal with that? I think majority of things are um, very positive. The people that show support are very positive, you know, and the people that follow me, they either, they either love, they either love what I do or make them happy or make them laugh or whatever it is. And the ones that don't, they just unfollow you. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's going to talk shit to you on the comments or whatever, I used to bite back really hard. Now I'm just like, whatever, man, fuck you. I'm doing all right. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm like. But initially it was, it was funny because when, when people attempted to hate, <clears throat> good luck because you're trolling a troll, you know? Because at the end of the day, you troll me, you put a comment, the first person that's going to comment straight after is going to be James Smith, Paul Lima, Sonny Webster. Do you know what I mean? So good luck f- fighting that fight because it, nothing's going to happen from that. You're going to get such a backlash that it's not going to work out right, you know? And the people, when I have got hate where it's kind of like, like, because there's times where you can have lows, yeah? And it can kind of get you. You can be like, oh, oh, that one, that stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie, that got me a little bit. And anyone that says that they don't, I think it's bullshit. After that phase, anything that anyone says, I could not give a flying fuck. The only reason I would buy it is if I know that person has never been told or if that person has never dealt with confrontation, then I'll give it back to them straight so they don't do it again to someone else that might suffer from it. Yeah. You know, because I can, I know there's a lot of, especially a lot of female influencers that may look uh, very strong, very powerful, very secure about themselves on social media that are in bed crying about what someone said, right? I know, I've seen it. I've seen it, you know? I've seen it. And I think if I wasn't to respond to people like that, they could go ahead They could go ahead and potentially do that to someone that could suffer from it. So if that means I look like a prick to a few people, then I don't care, you know? That's how I kind of deal with it, yeah. And Darren, just for any of the listeners, talk to us about the clients you're working with at the moment and need up to 24-7. Yeah, so basically the whole Need Up 24-7 movement, uh, it came from basically it first kicked off from me doing like 30,000 steps a day because um, I wasn't in a happy place. I was doing anything to not go home and walking, walking it off used to help me mentally so much. I used to just walk and it used to help me so much. When I came to England, uh, Smith was getting leaner by doing BJJ. I didn't have a jujitsu gym close to me. I was getting leaner by getting my knee up 24 seven. Right. And it was one of those uh, fitness uh, fundamentals that's kind of been underrated for years. You know, a, a lot of a lot of study-based um, coaches, evidence-based coaches, will say that's like the biggest difference in people's results is the neat aspect of things. But they don't promote it because they know plant. It's not plant. It's, it's not plant. If you plan it, it's no longer neat. Right. But I don't care about that shit because at the end of the day, I'm just trying to get people moving. So I did a hashtag. I was like, knee up 24 seven. I was like, look at me. I'm getting my knee up 24 seven. I'm doing the, I'm closing the fridge like twice to get more activity, you know, like having a bit of bands. 
Next minute I know, hashtag knee up 24-7, I'm getting tags from all over the world. Abu Dhabi, Dubai, New York. I've only got like 11,000 followers at this point. I'm like, what the fuck? This is crazy. So it was funny because the biggest fundamentals of like creating a caloric deficit was my best friend, calorie fucking deficit, and then increasing your knee. So me and Smith kept making content like that. And it just used to bounce off each other so well. And used to help out so many people that um, it just got really popular. It caught on. And it's just a simple way now for people to get a little bit more active, you know? And um, yeah, that's, that's how it, that's how that kicked off. And with the clients that I work now with um, is I've got a project X program. And with that program, what I do is I kind of give people in a six week period, a crash course of fitness fundamentals where I talk about topics like anything from uh, fitness fundamentals, mental health, energy balance, all the things that they need to get to know to maximize their results. And throughout that time period, I give them the accountability that they seek to actually get the results. And then I set them free. <laughs> so I kind of give them a day-to-day -day accountability program where they catch on to habits, realize certain things, and then hopefully stick to them in the long run. And most of the clients that I work with are for fat loss, but I also have a lot of guys now coming in for uh, building muscle, uh, that need a bit of accountability and to take their training to the next step. But yeah, I, I love training. I love coaching my clients. So it's, it's one of the best things to do for me. And Darren, on that, what's next? What's next on your journey or what do you see going forward? Um, I've got my, uh, I want to be, I'll be on TV one day. I'll be, I'll be on TV one day. I know that's going to happen. It's not like a matter of if I'm going to make that happen. Um, I want the podcast. I want my podcast to, uh, I want a million, I want a million downloads on my podcast. Um, and that's for 2021. That's one of the goals for 2021. Um, I also, I want to grow my business and be able to help more people. You know, one of my issues is trying to get more people on to be able to scale it. And if I can scale, it, it means I can get my message across to other people, which can help them change their life. Because at the end of the day, if you're healthy, it's if you're healthy every, any every anything is possible if you're not healthy it's very hard to make things possible you know so and i want to help as much as people as possible with that yeah brilliant that's great that's as well and darren i'm going to fire a couple of probably quick fire questions at you that i kind of shoot at the guests do you have any regrets buddy uh no okay no no none no can't live like that fuck that <laughs> And um, another one, I know, I know your father's been a big part of your life and stuff like that, but is there any nuggets of advice that have stuck with you or you've gotten over maybe a coach or someone in your family that you've kind okay. of... So I've... Um, one key thing that I've got from one of my clients who was a very successful business person, sold multiple companies to IBM, one of the nicest guys that I know. He was one of my clients in Australia training for two years. He was a, uh, a blind guy, right? Had a very rare disease at the age of 20. To, at the age of 25, when he made his first million, uh, he, got, he got blind from a very rare disease. It didn't stop him. It didn't stop him. He made multiple millions after that, right? It did not stop him. Imagine buying a brand new Porsche and then being blind. Crazy, right? So that was him. So 
you could completely go the other way. He didn't. And one thing he said to me that stuck with me for, and now I think about this every time is, uh, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. And although that is as basic and as simple as it sounds, you are going to be okay. Like, I feel like people try to calculate outcomes so much instead of living in the moment and just, if you make a mistake, you made the mistake, get over it. Next step, you know, what are you going to do? Sit down and cry about it. You know, that's, that's one thing that has stuck with me a lot. There's a lot of things I've learned from my dad and my family, uh, like kind of coming from nothing is, I mean, you're here, you're here one time, right? got to make the most out of it. I don't like to live, and this is from me, I don't like to live a life of what if. If I'm out and I've got an opportunity, I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take the opportunity. I don't want to be like, what if I did this? You know, I don't want to live like that because I want to know. So at this time and moment, anyway, so I kind of take, I'll, I'll kind of say those things, yeah. yeah my mom often says to me, she always seems to say to you on a grown up bed, this is not a rehearsal. She's like, you're not coming back to do this. And I was like, that always kind of sticks with me. Yeah, there you go. That's a cool one. I like that. That's sick. Yes, mom. Yes. Um, so just last couple of questions, Darren. Um, if you could have a meal, this is kind of a new question I'm asking people, with five people dead or alive, yeah. who would it be? Can I have two groups? You can have whatever you want, yeah. Okay. The first group would be my very close friends and my family. I won't give names. I'll just leave it like that. But if you're talking about like big names and all of that stuff, uh, Will Smith, Denzel Washington. Um, it's gonna it's gonna sound crazy. Hitler. Only because I would love to know what the fuck is going through that guy's mind. <laughs> you know, because like it's I find people that are weird fascinating. You know, so that um, Elon Musk and oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Nice. That'd Cristiano. be that would be. It would be. I feel like there'd be. There's a lot of egos in there, but there's a lot of egos in there. But I'd like to see him like talk about certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And Darren, I know you said earlier, um, you're not big maybe on book, but is there anything that has helped you? Maybe is there apps or podcasts or anything that's helped you so far in your journey that you could maybe recommend to any listeners? The best thing I've done and the best thing that I do is listen to people. You know, I think uh, when sometimes people, when they accomplish certain things, um, I, I read books, but I don't think that's my most powerful Thing. And I don't, I think in general, I don't think that's the most powerful thing that can change people's lives. It's, it's people write books. So instead of reading a book, I'd rather spend time with whoever wrote the fucking book, right? You know? So, like, uh, for example, taking the time and listening to someone when they're talking instead of butting in all the time or turning a conversation to make it about yourself, which is kind of happening on this podcast because you're kind of interviewing me. But if I was to have you on my podcast, just like you're doing, I would ask the questions and listen to what you have to say. Right. And from listening to what you have to say and actually paying attention, there's so much more to learn from people than any book 
any seminar because at the end of the day, people are doing it, you know? So it's like, why not go straight to the source? That's what I would, that's what I would say. That's what I, that's my best way of learning for me. That was awesome. And Darren, where can people stay connected with you or find a little bit more about you? What's the best place to get you? Um, okay. So if you want to work with me as a client and get coached by myself, you can just go on darrencartel.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. If you just search Darren Cartel, it will pop up. Same as Facebook. If you look at hashtag meetup 24 seven, you will find myself there. You will also see a lot of other personal trainers hashtagging it to get some traction, but it's not working. <laughs> but you'll, you'll, you can find me on those platforms for sure. If you, Also, have a listen to my podcast when you guys can. The Darren Cartel Show on Apple, Spotify, and all over the shop. Yeah. Well, listen, I just want to say that was... Uh... That was awesome, man. Really do mean it. Like, uh, I love listening to your journey and story and thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, man. And sorry about the delay. Um, and it's great being on. And you're you're great at this, by the way. You're very good at this, just so you know. Cheers. Thanks. I yeah, appreciate it. No problem.